Hey everybody, it's Brad here. Before we get started with the show today, I wanted to take a minute and let you guys know about our coaching program we run here at Macros Inc. We believe that every person on the planet deserves to live their healthiest and best life. A qualified nutrition coach and personal trainer can be the key to living that life. At Macros Inc., we provide fully customized one-on-one nutrition coaching and online personal training that has changed the lives of 10,000 people and counting. We offer a two-week free trial for our nutrition coaching, and you can get started risk-free today. Just go to macrosinc.net slash services and sign up. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. This is episode number 82. Today we're talking about the recent plant-based diet study that was published why solving problems is the core skill in business, how life is a series of black swan events, and how money can enhance your life, but you should remember that your bank account is not your scoreboard in life. Let's get into the show. All right, to kick off the episode with our nutrition insight, today we're talking about a recent study that was published in the Journal of the American Heart Association. Um, It's called plant-centered diet and risk of incident cardiovascular disease during young and middle adulthood. There was another paper that was published, I think kind of in tandem with it, um, relationship between a plant-based dietary portfolio and risk of cardiovascular disease, finding from the Women's Health Initiative prospective cohort. So basically, both these papers were looking at how does a plant-based diet affect your risk for cardiovascular disease? And the reason one of them made a big splash was in the abstract, basically, long story short, the, the take home from the abstract was that following a plant-based diet, according to this paper, reduced your risk of having cardiovascular disease by 50 to 60%, depending on kind of how you read the abstract. So we get these nutrition epidemiology papers all the time, and they always make a big splash. And I always like to do a deep dive into them because I actually used to do these analyses and these studies. Um, I published a couple papers on things like this. And I actually used to like do the coding and the statistics and read all the variables and kind of publish the papers on these. So I kind of have a, a little bit of an insight in how this stuff works. So one of the things that I wanted to kind of just chat through, there's a lot of details about the study that we can get into. Um, but there's some important things here. What this study didn't do, importantly, is it didn't take people and stratify them into people who were vegans or vegetarians and people who were not. What they did is they basically looked at people. They didn't, they didn't look at people. They interviewed people and they asked them about their food intake. And then they scored people based on what the quality of their diet was from a plant-based perspective. So if somebody ate a lot of fruits and vegetables, they fell on the higher end. If they and if they consumed less fruits and vegetables and more meat, they fell on the lower end. So this is kind of a spectrum of plant-based intake, which is probably a better way to do it, if you kind of think about that. The hard part is, how do you accurately assess somebody's intake by just asking them questions? That's one of the first things to just be aware of. But the thing that's always really important to me when I look at these is, you need to look at, when you rank people, like groups of people, based on their dietary intake is what other variables fall in line with that dietary pattern. I call this like risk factor clustering, right? It's very rare that you're going to find somebody who, you know, eats a plant-based diet 
exercises a lot, manages her stress well, but also then smokes and drinks and has other sorts of risky behaviors. Kind of these these risk factor these behavioral risk factors around lifestyle always cluster. And while you can statistically control for a lot of those things, I don't think it really gets to the heart of the question. So I'm going to kind of just basically give you guys a little bit of a synopsis of how this study breaks down. So if you actually look at, like, let's say the lowest quintile of people. So they basically took this kind of diet score and broke them up into like five groups. If we take the lowest group versus the highest group, it's really important to know, like, what is the difference between those types of people in that group? And basically, here's what we saw. If you take people in quintile five versus quintile one, and so the higher the quintile, um, the better the diet quality, right? So in quintile five, you were, compared to one, you are more likely to be female. We know the risk of heart disease amongst females is different from men. Um, You are much less likely to have African-American genetics. Uh, You are much more likely to have higher education. You were about twice as active. You were about, what's that, 30% less likely to be a current smoker. Um, You consumed about 700 calories less per day. You had half the rates of diabetes. You had roughly 30% less hypertension. You had about 30% less dyslipidemia and your BMI was lower. So all of these people had also other risk factors to very big differences for cardiovascular disease, right? We know that all of those things, physical activity, smoking, alcohol intake, energy intake, um, hypertension, dyslipidemia, BMI, all of those are independent risk factors. So the people in quintile five had a better risk profile regardless of their diet. Right, So their diet was maybe just a kind of emergent factor of their overall lifestyle and maybe wasn't necessarily the exact single thing to think about. And then when you look at um, you know, the actual food consumption, it was very clear that people in quintile five, obviously by definition, had a much higher intake of fruits and vegetables. Um, but what's also interesting is these people they didn't just have a higher intake of like fruits and vegetables and plant-based foods. They also had higher intakes of like what we would call healthy protein sources. So it wasn't necessarily that they were plant-based. They just had a better dietary score. Like they consumed much more lean fish. They consumed much more poultry. Um, they consumed more whole grains. They consumed more vegetables overall. They consumed much less refined grains, about half the uh, refined grains. They consumed uh, about half of the red meat intake. They consumed more shellfish. Uh, They consumed more diet soft drinks and less like fully loaded soft drinks. They consumed less fried foods. They consumed less desserts. They consumed less sweets. They consumed less high fat red meats they consumed less processed red meats so what this what this study really shows us isn't really about the plant based nature of the diet what it's really showing us is 
overall dietary score generally associates with, with a much lower risk of cardiovascular disease. Not a whole lot new. It also doesn't really give us an insight into whether plant-based diets are substantially better in this study. Are there other studies that we can lean to? Absolutely. Probably give us better data. But really what we see from this is, once again, is these risk factors cluster, both good risk factors and bad risk factors. And so this paper doesn't really give us the idea or the take home that, hey, a plant-based diet does reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease by 50%. In fact, the real take home is a diet that is higher in quote unquote heart healthy foods and lower in high risk lifestyle behaviors reduces your risk of cardiovascular disease. So that is the take home from that recent study. That's our nutrition insight for today. Let's take a quick break. Then we'll jump into our business insights for today. All right, today's business insight is going to be a little bit of a quick hitter. But when you think about running a business, working in a business, or being a consumer of a business, the perspective I always try to have is solving problems is the single core skill in business. And this comes from everything from product conception to day-to-day operations. So if you think about how does any good business get started? It comes up with a solution to a problem. If it's a service-based industry like Macros Inc., there's the problem we solve is we help people lose weight, live healthier lives, and learn to love themselves by providing a service that combines education with coaching and human connection. Right? That's the problem we solve. Other businesses solve different problems. Um, like the iPhone, right? Apple solves a problem of connectivity while enjoying design. Um, grocery stores, right? What problem do they solve? They, pro- they solve the problem of feeding people. Um, what problem do carpenters solve, right? Like they solve the problem of, hey, I need something built. So there's all of these, all businesses, the core of what they do is they solve a problem. And then in day-to-day operations, whether it's figuring out how to like acquire customers, generate revenue, improve day-to-day operations, all of those things just call come from like solving problems, right? I always call like running and owning a business is you're kind of like an astronaut, right? Is if you've ever seen the movie The Martian, basically every day is just solving the next problem. And that's kind of what business is, except for you're not gonna die because uh day-to-day life on earth is much less stressful than being an astronaut. But you kind of get the point. Is It's always just solving problems and continuing to solve problems and continuing to solve problems until one day, um, like I think the quote in The Martian was, if you solve enough problems, you get to come home. In business, you solve enough problems, you get to have a business. So that's the business insight for today. Let's take another quick break and then we'll jump into the last segment of the show. All right, what am I learning today? Life is really a series of black swan events. Um, I don't know if this term was coined by uh, Nassim Taleb. I almost called him Nicholas. Nassim Taleb. But this idea of like, there's always going to be some really bad thing. Maybe it's not even a bad thing, but some big thing that happens that was completely unexpected. 
um, that you really couldn't have prepared for. And life is really a series of those, right? Life is a series of days kind of hum along and then big things happen. And what I, one thing that I'm learning is you have to live life like it will be great, everything will be fine, and it'll all work out. But you need to have things in place so you can thrive during difficult moments, right? For example, a stock market crash. How do you set yourself up to where your day-to-day investments and the things that you do set you up for retirement? And you don't have to stress about a stock market crash. But then when it does happen, do you have anything in place to really capitalize from that? Same thing happens um, like in your day-to-day life or in a business. Uh, one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard was never waste a good crisis, right? Last year, 2020, perfect example. COVID happened. Everybody's small business got shut down. That's not something you could have really prepared for or planned for or done anything with. But do you have the skills, the mindset, the um, flexibility, the team, the vision to thrive during those times? Did you pivot? So life really is kind of a series of black swan events and live your life like things will be fine, but have things in place so you can thrive during those difficult moments. Um, The daily win is we have Labor Day weekend coming up, which when you kind of own and run a business and you don't have like a physical location, you're online, you don't really get a three-day weekend, but it'll feel like a three-day weekend because we don't have as many meetings and things will be a little bit slower. So it's going to be kind of nice to have a, a nice long weekend. And then the last one, my daily learning lesson is money can enhance your life. But remember that your bank account isn't your scoreboard in life. You know, I think one of the reasons anybody goes into owning their own business is two things. One, they want freedom, right? They don't want to work for somebody else. And two, they want to have the financial upside of being able to make a decent amount of money so you can really live a much, I don't want to say bigger life, but like you want to live a life that isn't, you don't have like a ceiling on it, right? You can kind of do whatever you want. And money can definitely enhance your life, right? It can allow you to take trips. It can allow you to do nice things for nice people. It can allow you to live a slightly better lifestyle. But your bank account isn't your scoreboard in life, right? Your bank account just kind of determines what you're able to, where you're able to sleep, what you're able to drive, and how you spend your time, right? That's what money does for you. But it, it isn't your scoreboard in life, right? Your scoreboard in life is, do you leave the world a better place than you found it? And have you helped more people? And have you given back more than you've taken? So that's a daily learning lesson. That's it. That's episode number 82. I will see you guys on Thursday. I'm Dr. Brad. I'm out of here.